and it's about time for true crime hey hi super nasally stuffy disgusting over here i finally sound normal again so we we did like a whole little like uno reverse yeah on that and you were the really sick one and i was like riding strong yeah and now i'm believe it or not you guys I sound 1,000 times better oh, she does. than I did a few days ago. I came over to check on Allie last week, and she was taking, like, corridor steps. <laughs> like- oh, yeah. No. Um, I couldn't hear out of either of my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't swallow without it burning. Oh. In fact, my throat was bleeding. Fun oh. fact. Um, the congestion and everything was horrific. Wouldn't okay. recommend it on anybody. Couldn't breathe out of anything. Was on a cocktail yeah. of medications. Went to urgent care, not COVID, not strep, not anything fun, just a really bad flu. Isn't that the best, worst, um, Love that. So I joked with Abby that my immune system got like, if it was playing Uno, it got like plus four, yeah. then plus two, <laughs> then skip turn, then reverse, <laughs> then skip turn again, then plus four, plus two. And my immune system just thought it was playing Go Fish and had like no fucking clue yeah. what was going on. You're like, so that's um, where I was. I have a straight, a royal flush. It had, it had no, it had no idea, and it blindsided me. But I stayed home, and I oh, had yes. lots of soup, and slept as much as I could. But Nyquil dreams, my guys, oh, terrifying. My they dreams. were horrible. It is so much. And I'll be honest, I've been having like a hard time sleeping. This is a bad anxiety time of year for me so i've been taking melatonin melatonin dreams also wild see for me melatonin dreams are a ride like they are vivid and they are busy and there's like 10 different things going on and i will have like three thousand different like seasons of dreams in one night and i wake up like almost tired from the ride i went (laughs) on but nyquil dreams to me were like scary it was like oh like a carjacking and you know like because of course i'm looking up like my life is right. true crime anyway so i'm like falling asleep listening to like all of this horrible stuff and like it worked its way into my dreams but like nyquil makes you sleep so guess who just didn't wake up yeah. me and it was terrifying <laughs> it was hor- oh god Ali- <coughs> sorry it was really bad <laughs> ali and i had a riot of a facetime this weekend too because we were both having like a really bad day on the same day and so we yep. were just like i don't even to do <laughs> she's so stuffed up she like couldn't talk without a freaking steamer to her face and then it was like oh yeah <laughs> no my fiance called me darth vader and it you were actually like i shit you not if you have really bad congestion i'm looking at the box it's by vix it's oh, a yeah. sinus inhaler and it looks crazy it looks scary like it looks like what are you putting on my face um it worked wonders it's literally just straight steam into your face but like it that's literally all it is i could have taken an iron to my face honestly and done the same thing but it was very helpful and i guess they sell inserts yes for the vix yeah the the vix inserts are my yes so i didn't have those and my mom was very sweet and went to the store to look for them for me because she knew I didn't have them and even she couldn't find them. So I don't I, know if they're like online only or not near me, but. Freegan love Vix. Anytime, if, oof, if I could shout anything's praises, it's Vix. Like they're just, <laughs> I love them. Their little ointment works so well. I just tried their little shower steamers. They have shower steamers? Yes, I'll bring you some. They're good. <gasps> oh I just God. would um like every, okay, so when I was sick two weeks ago or whatever it was now, um, I took like 
eight showers in a day because I don't have a little personal steamer thing. So I would just sit in there in like the hot water and I would add the little Vicks steamer. And then it was like you had Vicks on and you were getting all the steam. Oh so it my was God. ideal. That's amazing. You never take for granted breathing out of your nose until you're sick. See, after for me, you're sick. No, it's like that. And also having a sore throat, mm-hmm. you take for granted just breathing. Yeah. And like not being in pain from that. Swallowing spit. Mm-hmm. Oh, painless. Didn't realize how much I did that in a day. Yeah. So that was a ride. You never do. <laughs> um, and then our hot water heater broke. Yeah. You've so then we didn't even have. Yeah. So between the dude. terrible invasive doctor's appointment I had, we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Then the next day I was deathly ill. Then our hot water heater went out. So I didn't even have hot water. And then you were traveling for Thanksgiving. And it was just like. It was it was horrible, and I was d- distanced away from everybody, so I wasn't even like part of anything. Oh. I was just well, I sh- and I didn't want to be like I was like yeah. hand sanitizer like coming out of my pores. <laughs> it was in like I must have been like past the contagious part. No one around me was sick, got sick, whatever. But it was just like all the symptoms of just like all the leftover yeah. being and feeling so gross, and this is the best I've sounded and felt in over a week. And all I can say is don't take for granted being healthy. Yeah. You guys get that eight hours. It's important right now. And take your vitamin D, your vitamin C, take your zinc. Yes. Oh my gosh. The zinc. Drink your water. And you know what? Uh, Snuggle up, but check with your friends. See how they're feeling before you just like go kissing them right on the mouth or drinking out of their drinks. I yeah yeah I mean yeah yeah um but you guys we have such exciting news we really do today um a few things but number one I'm sure what you've been waiting for the longest is the t-shirt contest winners we are so very excited to announce this and full disclosure we did not hand pick who won we did a random generator we put all the entries into one thing and did a whole Abby worked her magic on it <laughs> and randomly selected. And here's the thing. We're, we love you guys. We really I mean, do. We really love you guys. And we thought, okay, sure, we want to give one t-shirt. But, but what's what's better than one t-shirt? Two. It's two. It's two and fucking t-shirts. You know what we're doing? We're giving away two. We're so, giving away two. Um, we're really excited. And the little random generator picked out our friends Stacy and Liv. So shout out to the friends of the pod. You guys should have gotten a message from us earlier today or yesterday. Just letting you know that you won. So you will have heard of this before you hear this. Yes. You will have hear from us personally before you yes. hear this in your ear holes. And wow, we're just so excited and grateful. And yay. So thank you again to Liv and Stacy. We're just giving them a little shout out because, you know, friends of the pod. Um, do look for those shirts. We will let you know all of like the information that you need to know. And we are just going to put in like a quick apology because, you know, we're limited on sizes. But we will do what we can and we're so excited for you. We also just want to say that merch is in the works. It sure is. And even though we don't have a lot of wearable merch for people right now, you know what we did just do? What did we just do? We just launched a Redbubble with stickers. So if you really want a sticker, you could go pay like... You could go get a sticker. A few bucks for one on just Redbubble. Just a little sticker. Um, you can look up ATFTC pod. That should be our little user thing on there. And it's just our logo right now. But I will be having so much fun with the Redbubble designs. Do not you worry. And we love I can't getting wait. creative. 
and we're gonna have it all linked in the show notes and everything and in our instagram page we'll we'll have that hiding somewhere so don't you worry you'll be able to find it we promise and lastly this is just kind of a tease and we'll tease this a little throughout the year but we want to get you prepped for change um i have adhd and so i'm really bad at transitions without adequate warning so i'm trying to give you adequate warning but just keep your eyes open and your ear holes open for some changes that are coming the atftc fam has some very exciting new year's resolutions which may or may not include a little bit of a scheduling change but it's not a bad thing we promise yes you will still definitely hear from us weekly and it's actually more exciting than it sounds because it means other things are coming Um, we promise But yay, yay for all of it. I am so grateful and glad for all of you. We hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We hope you guys had a wonderful, just like this, this time of year is very, it can be very difficult. We hope that if it's difficult for you, that you are hanging on there. We're all getting through it together. And that if you can do things that bring you some happiness and practice some self-care, we really want you to do that. Hell yeah. Um, Don't forget, you know, every time we mention those resources at the end of our pods, like, you know, the hotlines that we offer up, 988, any of those, those are for you guys to use. And it's because we care and we love about your little brains. And we want you guys happy and healthy and confident and comfortable. And anything we can do to help, let us know. But, you know, we are all in it together. And even though it can suck this time of year, it can also be one of the warmest times of year. Mm-hmm. Just like with the little warm fuzzies. and Yeah, not not the freezing cold, absolute terrible New England weather. But that's my opinion. you, Cape. (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, Although this, you know, you know me, I have eco-anxiety. So the fact that it hasn't been the worst November is giving me anxiety. But like we know the snow is coming. It's just and then the snow is going to be here till like April. And it's just, you know, like (sighs) I think that the seasons are starting to shift like i think that everything is just shifting over like a just month. a little bit later yeah. yeah but then it stays later too so knock on wood hopefully that's the case but we don't know yet we so. don't know but we're Yay. just we're just really grateful for you and just want to tell you that and we enjoy getting to hang out with you weekly and oh yeah this is a happy place we're not gonna i mean you know in the context of we talk about really <laughs> horrible things but but we are, you know, you can only control your attitude and your effort and we're making them good. So, yeah. yeah. And we just, we enjoy just like getting to grow with you guys. We're still learning and doing all the fun stuff and we just love that you guys are yeah. doing it with us. And hey, for all of you who downloaded and listened to Thanksgiving's episode, thank you for hanging in there. I am still working out the freaking audio kinks um, because yes. I did not <laughs> go to school for this. And damn it, Audition has so many options. We love it. We love it. But it's got so many options, it le- like it lets me accidentally screw things up so much. It doesn't so. even tell us. No, no. It just sounds like an echo and it's very obnoxious. But so you did great. I'm working on no, you it. you did great. Thank you for being flexible and patient with us. You are your harshest us. critic? I am, um, but I'm also my most accurate critic. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's just your ADHD telling you that. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um but so exciting. And you know, it's been a really good day and I'm excited to get the ball rolling. Hey, you guys, I am just popping in here. I know that it's Tuesday and you're used to my lovely voice. 
Um, but my case this week, wah, wah, I had some technical difficulties. So I am sending an alley in lieu of me and I will hear, well, you'll hear from me soon, but I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have for us today? Well, on this very lovely Tuesday, you guys will be hearing a case from moi, still mm-hmm. very nasally and sick and as i already told you just very like not well (laughs) but we are getting through it because we are on the upswing and i have a case for you okay hit me so we're going to be talking about one night this one particular night january 8th 1995 oh what a night where two young mothers were killed in cold blood eek Yes. So one night? In one night. Damn, mommy issues. So I always like to start with where my sources are, mostly because I'll forget to tell you if I don't say them up front. <laughs> um, that's just me. Um, and you guys know that I love the show Homicide Hunter. Hell yeah, you do. I, What I really enjoy about it, though, is that it isn't just one big dramatization. I enjoy hearing from the investigators that work on the actual case, yeah. sharing how they approach the case. I find it fascinating how people work through the scene. You arrive on a scene. It's horrible. Okay, where do you start? Where do you go? Who do you talk right. to first? Does it matter if you get bad like vibes from them, bad energy, bad right. feeling when you talk to them? Does it matter if you feel like they're genuine? Does that matter? Well, All of that stuff. And it's so interesting because everybody lies. Of course. You know, about anything, everything. Like... You know, oh my god, what was it? Legally Blonde, where the girl like is getting Botox or some shit, and that's why she didn't want to say her alibi. Like, people lie about everything for random ass reasons, mm-hmm. and it could have nothing to do with what's going on. So I totally get that. I'm into it. And I think I just like Lieutenant Kenda. I just he's very funny. I mean, he's he's very like I don't know. He's kind of TV show esque now, mm-hmm. right? He's well known, I think, and has a cadence when he explains things, and I I find it easy to follow, and and I like it. But I just I really like the investigative piece of it, not just someone telling me how someone might have done it. Mm-hmm. He's saying how he did it because he investigated this case and solved it. Right. And I just like hearing it from his words. But of course, I always do fact check and check everything anyway, and so I've got a lot of um like newspaper articles from this case too from that time well, in January 1995. I know that Allie knows this. You guys might not, but even when we see something like that on there, obviously you can't copyright and like copy it no. word for word. So we have to do so much more research than just watching one, but I totally get that. It is Well, fun. I always want to cor- corroborate anyway, even if Right. You know, just just extra things or like dig into more. Like I always try to find like obituaries and things about the people that I'm talking about that aren't necessarily going to be mentioned in that TV show because it's not what that TV show was focusing on. Right. Exactly. So I will always look into those things. But just so you know, everything's always linked in the show notes, even if it has to be hyperlinked, because sometimes mine are very long and Abby has (laughs) to deal with that. But we are going to back this up a bit. All right. And we're going to zoom in to as always, Colorado Springs, Colorado, if I'm doing anything with Homicide Hunter, it's always there. Mm-hmm. And a call comes in. A call was made to 911 um, from the Lair Lounge. Ooh. Yes. Lair? Yes. I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> and you made me cough. Okay. Sucker. Um, again, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And 
the caller said that two women were found bloodied and appeared dead in a car parked in the back parking lot of this lounge. Mm. Um, and so the caller was the bartender. She had heard something odd. She didn't really know what it was. She went out back to check, mm-hmm. saw that, was floored, and called 911 right away. Okay. So right away, obviously, ambulance arrives and de- determines that of the two victims in this car, the driver is deceased, but the passenger is clinging to life. Okay. And so they find a pulse. They begin life-saving measures, but sadly, on the way to the hospital, that passenger also dies. And so law enforcement, Lieutenant Kenda included, and I'm just going to call him Kenda because that's mm-hmm. easier, arrive on scene and try to start piecing together what could have happened okay. because right now they have two dead young women in a parked car and that's it yeah on a sunday evening outside of this lounge bar mm-hmm. area and this is like nine thirty at night i mean a little late on sunday because like that's past right. my bedtime it's past my bedtime any day but they begin speaking with several people at the scene and they start canvassing the area because they got to see what the surroundings are going to tell them right? right but you know first things first they approach the vehicle mm-hmm and it's a small Chevy Chevette, Ooh. Um, which to me is just a very 1980s car. If you look yeah. it up, it's, it's just very 80s. Um, and actually, they stopped making it in 87, so the year's 1995, so that's got to be at least, what, eight years old? So this car is yeah. at least eight years old. Not important to the story, but if you're like me and you need to like make the scene in your head and picture it, yeah. just so you have that. Um, now, because EMS was there first, naturally, the scene is disturbed. As it should be. We need our first responders to go in and do what they need to do to preserve life. But from an investigative standpoint. Frustrating. Yeah, it's it's going to be tainted. So you have to know what you're working with. So, you know, that could mean that if there were fingerprints left behind, maybe those have been disturbed. Or if there were footprints, those might have been walked over. There are things that are just changed now. Do you think that every single first responder has their, like, fingerprints and footprints in a system oh they have to i feel like they have to i feel like they have to and i mean like ems i'm sure is wearing gloves and everything but i mean they're still potentially disturbing disturbing prints that were already there and i mean you know like your hair gets left behind who knows oh my gosh i shed like a dog but like you know even if you come up on someone you don't know if they're alive or not i'm putting on my gloves right before i give care not like in the car on the way over right so i feel like there has to be I, I mean, so. yeah. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, it, I agree. And again, it's not anyone's fault. We need them to do that. That mm-hmm. could be the difference between life and death. Do what you need to do. But again, if I'm an investigator and I walk in and I'm looking at the scene, I'm saying, okay, can you tell me what you did when you got here? How did you change it? What did this look right. like when you arrived? And so that's what they did. And so they said that um, when EMS got there, the car doors were closed. So both the passenger and driver's side doors were closed, mm-hmm. but the windows were rolled down. But obviously to check on them, they had to open the doors. Right. You know, all that jazz. But it's January in Colorado. This isn't rolling your windows down, cruising, listening to music, yeah, no. girls night out weather. At least not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I looked it up, it, basically it's like 30 degrees probably at this point. The range there is like between 20 and 40 degrees, mm-hmm. typically. 9.30 at night, I'm guessing under 30 degrees. Right. Well, and as someone from the Midwest, when did you say this was? January? Yeah, January. Yeah. So you're not far enough into the winter 
where people are going to start wearing like their athletic shorts and sweatshirts and being like it's 50 we're doing great now no yeah you're not like almost out of it this isn't like late march early april where i can see that happening this is like dead of winter this is cold it's pitch black out it is what it is you're over it yeah it's yeah dark by like 4 p.m so when i'm first hearing this i'm thinking okay if their windows are down either someone approached them that they knew Mm -hmm. and they rolled down the windows to talk to them or they were approached by someone that didn't look scary enough right that they trusted rolling down the windows i guess yeah but just a little aside here never ever ever roll your windows all the way down especially if you don't know who it is or you don't trust them yeah if someone's approaching your car crack them cracks you can have any conversation you need to have with that but you open yourself up to being choked grabbed your belongings grabbed them opening you know unlocking the door and opening the door pulling you out of the car stealing your car abducting you there's any kind of array of like scary circumstances that can happen there just you know take care of yourself crack your window they can say what they need to say if you choose to engage at all and you don't have to no no you really don't have to you don't have to do anything and by the way if you're like me when i hear this i think two people of authority so my initial thought is police honestly interesting okay um, my mind didn't go there because r- two rolled down windows with two young women mm-hmm. even if it was one stranger approaching the car both windows would not need to be rolled down mm-hmm. and the other thing is who else would you trust to fully roll down like i don't know even if one of them was very trusting of strangers it seems and maybe this is just my anxiety and this is how I'm wired, but it seems unlikely to me that both of them would be like, this yeah, is a eager great to idea. Do that. Right. Um, at, in the dark outside of a lounge on a Sunday. I also think for my thought is like windows are shot through, cars mm-hmm. moved, bodies are placed in because um, then that gets rid of the glass stuff. So, but anyway. No, I, I no, I appreciate it because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like. I have to know you pretty well. Yeah. Because this isn't like if this were July and not January, I can see windows being rolled down and that right. makes sense just to me. Just for funsies. You know, maybe you need to because it's so damn hot, whatever. So right. I'm just saying. So regardless, we'll get back. But investigators immediately see a lot of blood. Remember, the passenger has been brought to the hospital. Unfortunately, she's mm-hmm. passed away, but the driver is deceased and she's yeah. in the car. And again, lots of blood and they see what's called high velocity blood spatter okay this kind of blood spatter is what happens when the body is hit with something with so much force that the blood is actually sprayed in a mist Mm. instead of like droplets and the droplets will come afterwards like when you're bleeding it will pool and it will do that but immediately that first initial is just is like is a mist yeah and that is only yeah is only known to happen from bullets Okay. So we know that they were shot. I mean, that's pretty like 101, but just walking through the scene, okay. I like to set it so you can see it in your little mind. I'm into it. They also find two 9mm shell casings, which, okay, makes sense. You believe that they were shot. You see that. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they're able to confirm that the victim in the driver's seat was shot in the head at close range. Shit. We're also able to identify this time that this victim is Michelle V. Hill. Okay. So, Michelle, often went by her nickname Mickey, which oh. I think is very cute, was 29 years old. Oh. She was a married mother of two young boys who were only two and four years old when she oh was murdered. Oh, my gosh. 
babies. My whole heart. And I she mean, was. I don't yeah. know what I was expecting. She's a baby. But like, I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. And happily married, bubbly. Her family described her and they always do. Very, she was kind-hearted. She was sweet. She was funny. She was a very good friend. They said that she was there for you. She was that kind yeah. of friend, and that she was like this bubbly, free spirit. Had a smile that if you saw her smiling, you were smiling too. Just mm-hmm. how she was, and they also identify the other victim um, as Shirley Swally. Okay, she was thirty years old. She was divorced mother of two young daughters. Hmm. And we're going to talk more about Shirley in a little bit. Okay. So we have Shirley and Mickey. Both are deceased. Shirley passed in the ambulance. Correct. Okay. So a couple of things happened simultaneously here. Some law enforcement are sent over to Michelle's home to make that awful notice to the next of kin. Yeah. Others stay on the scene to continue talking to people that were at the scene that were asked to stay there to be interviewed people that are arriving to the scene because again this is just a lounge right who's showing up and why yeah and trying to figure out who saw them who saw who else there where what happened all of that yeah so we'll start with the notification so this notification was to michelle's husband his name is ernie he was home with their two young sons again two and four years old heartbreaking he is devastated this news came as a complete shock to him and to his knowledge he was he just knew that michelle was out with shirley right that they were friends and he told them that shirley was going through a very tough time okay and michelle was just trying to be a good support to her the friend that was there for you yes yeah and you know of course they have to ask lots of questions they have to ask about their marriage their relationship what their life was like together did michelle have enemies would anybody want to hurt her do you have enemies would anybody want to hurt you right what about Um, your kids do they like spit on someone's baseball that was a prized possession yeah right they have to try to get all that information and obviously he's just been given the world's worst news the absolute worst news he could be given yeah but they still have to ask those questions and i can't imagine that that's easy for anybody in that room no it's just it's i wouldn't want to switch places with anybody with that no and so they also say okay you said michelle had told you that shirley's going through a tough time yeah and she needed support did she tell you what that tough time was about why she needed so much support right and ernie said that shirley's car was recently stolen okay and so michelle had been giving her rides where she needed to go right she also said that shirley had been using cocaine okay and her life had been spiraling downward. She was not at all happy mm. with the state of things. She had made some very poor decisions that had wound her up in just not a very good place. Right. And he said that Michelle had felt for Shirley and that Shirley was divorced and her ex-husband and her two daughters actually lived like over an hour away. Okay. So it's, she didn't have family nearby or anything like that. So she's, she's so going through her. a tough time. Yeah. I think Michelle just was a sober, responsible friend friend and adult and knew that Shirley needed that. And so she made accommodations in her own life to just be there, be more present to try to like cheer her up more than she probably would have done before that. Anyway, yeah. Um, So Michelle just sounds like a great friend. Ernie also said that Michelle told him that Shirley had a not so nice boyfriend. 
not a good guy okay and was not happy in that relationship so this told investigators a few things but when they hear the drug piece they're wondering okay this this sort of opens it up a little bit this is might potentially be bigger than we imagined is this a drug related crime because that pulls in a bunch of different people here right but we're going to leave this here we're going to go back to the crime scene so that's what investigators found out at michelle's house Okay. Back at the scene, investigators speak with a man named Valentino Garcia. Okay. And Valentino said that he came to the lounge to see Michelle and Shirley, but saw all the police lights, you know, the blue lights and the cars and everything, and kind of got worried and approached to ask what was going on. Yeah. Because, to his knowledge, his friends are inside. Right. And he said that he knew two women there, and their names are Michelle and Shirley, and... You know, he recognized the car. He saw saw the Chevy that had all the police tape around it. Right. And it was at that time that uh, Valentino's informed that both Michelle and Shirley have been murdered. And Valentino is upset. He said he had just been hanging out with them earlier that day. Okay. And they'd actually come over his house and he had like a bit of a thing for Shirley. I don't know how long they'd all known each other or who knew who longer or whatever, but he had a little thing for her, asked her if she'd want to get a drink sometime. And I guess she seemed really happy, but couldn't really give him an answer, said that Gino would probably be really mad about that. Got him. And Gino is her boyfriend. I Yes, the (laughs) very jealous and controlling boyfriend. And valentino said that after that conversation um didn't go poorly by any means i think shirley might have wanted to go out with him but she's got this guy that is not very nice and i don't know i mean i say boyfriend i don't know how serious that was either yeah it's always hard with those like you never know but we'll get into it right so it's a little weird so michelle and shirley head out and they go to the lounge they're gonna have a couple drinks they play pool they're having girls night whatever and Valentino said, you know, he was still shooting a shot. I uh, I don't yeah. think that he cared much that she had a boyfriend. Well, Gino um, doesn't sound like much to care about. So yes, at this point. So Valentino said, yeah, well, I was still going to go meet with them. I know they had right. a few they had a few hours to hang out. Just them. I was going to go because I want to see Shirley. Yeah. And that was that. So then like out of a movie, Gino shows up. Oh, my God. And he gets out of his car. Now, he's this big dude. He looks like a mean dude. He's like, he's got this mean look in his eye. He's, he does not like police. Okay. And he shows that. He's very uncooperative. He doesn't want to answer questions at all. But he realizes that maybe he's drawing a little too much attention to himself by being so resistant. Like, he won't answer a damn thing. So then he kind of is like, all right, yeah, I was here. From or, that girlfriend that you are so, like, you care so much about that you're going to be so possessive and controlling. Like, yeah, she's dead. So maybe let's give it up a little. Right. And yeah. so, you know, they're like, well, where are you coming from? He said, oh, I was at a party with some friends. Yeah. And, you know, why are you coming here? He said, well, my girlfriend's here. She was supposed to page me again, 1995. Right. She was supposed to page me because we were supposed to get together later. She didn't. I knew she was here. So I was coming to see what was going on. Right. And. It was at that time that he's told that Shirley and Michelle have been killed. So now this is the second notification at the scene that they're making of people that know them. Right. And. Damn, they owned that lounge. Apparently, Gino was very upset. He was surprised. He did not know that. Okay. And Kenda 
corroborates Gino's story. He confirms with the friends that were having the party. Right. Several people saw him there. He was there the whole time. He didn't leave and come back. Right. He might not be such a nice guy and did not want to say more than he had to to the police. I respect the want for um, privacy. But he was not the one that killed Michelle and Shirley. Right. So we're going to get a little bit more into Shirley now. All right. So Shirley Swally, 30 years old, also had children, mm-hmm. two young daughters. She was going through the very tough time that we were talking about. Right. She was recently divorced from her husband, Sean. Their two daughters that were nine and four years old, uh-huh. nine and four years old, lived with Sean and again over an hour away. Right. She had not been seeing her children often at all. It had been like over six months when she'd seen them. Uh-huh. And she was not happy with what her life had become. And using cocaine, making poor decisions, didn't always pay who she needed to, owed money to people that you do not want to owe money to. I assume, yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about substance use disorder, which I will call SUD. I also just want to throw in a quick asterisk. I say I assume because I don't think you ever want to owe anybody ma- like money but i assume if there's plenty there's at least a few that you really don't want to owe it to oh yeah um and because you've worn out your and cocaine is a very right. expensive drug so it's yes. it's it's a rich man's drug so if you owe money for cocaine it's likely you that you money. owe a lot of money yeah. for that but a little bit about sud because it is such a hot topic um, it's a disorder in which the mind and body become addicted to a substance or several substances. Yes. And I could and would love to, if you guys would want to hear it, do an episode on like an overview of substance use disorder on different substances and the way that those behave in the body and in the brain and addiction in the brain, how it changes people, all of that stuff. But I'm not going to do that here. Well, But I, just... I will also remind you guys that Abby and I are both, you know, certified and licensed to work with people in recovery, getting them connected with resources and support and being a shoulder to lean on. So we have knowledge on substance use disorder and addiction and the behaviors that come with that probably more than your average person. So I feel comfortable doing an episode on that if you would like to hear that. Yes, I think that would be so fun. And since Allie and I are like, you know, we do this professionally and we are well certified and like educated on it but also both of us are fascinated with the brain and between all of the things we have outside of that combined with that I feel like we could put out some very helpful content but only if it's desired so just let us know yeah let us know if you guys want to hear that because again that's something that I think is well I don't think I know it's so prevalent in our world today yeah it affects so many more people than you know if it doesn't affect you directly it affects people that are close to you I guarantee it and um it's not an easy battle and it's very ugly and it's bad and it's horrible and you know I'll just say this here and we can move on but the only thing that I will say until I'm blue in the face is that nobody on their best day in the healthiest happiest moment of their life is like you know what today's the day I'm gonna try the hardest drug I can find Mm mm-hmm it just there's usually so much more going on than just the substance use oh there are so many layers there yeah and again would love to be able to talk about that for surely yeah and people dealing with sud can make and will make decisions that they never would have otherwise made they'll say and do things that they would never have otherwise done they will 
participate in behaviors and spend time with people that are it never they would never would have done before right your brain changes it's they will do say and behave in ways that are uncharacteristic of the person that you know them to be right and and it's all with one thing in mind it is to get their next hit their next fix that next drug whatever that is families suffer from this people's lives people lose everything people die from this your priorities your loyalties your thoughts your feelings your memories your character all of that takes a back seat to the substance that's true that means relationships family children parents jobs you name it it changes it's difficult it's ugly that's not to say that people don't make their own decisions there is accountability right. in that but understanding the way that your brain does become rewired in that and the hard work it takes to wire it back yes so and it can be wired back but it is painstaking work it's, and it's difficult so all of that to say that this is what Shirley is dealing with. So I don't want to just say, oh, well, she's a drug addict because I don't like using those terms. Right. That's just that's not it. She's a person with addiction. She's going through something difficult. She's made bad decisions. She's recognizing that. And we'll find out more about that a little bit later. Okay. So using cocaine, we know that. Possibly using other substances. I'm yeah. not sure. TBD. Typically, we see with cocaine that alcohol goes hand in hand with cocaine. She's at a bar. Right. I can see how drugs. that can make sense. She could owe money to several people. Again, cocaine's expensive. You probably yep. don't just owe $10 to somebody no, for that. No, probably not. She's obviously buying it from someone. She's got connections in there. And this information about Shirley's involvement with drugs raises a lot of questions in the investigation, but it also makes the investigation more difficult. Right. Because the people that might have information about this, if this is a drug-related crime are not people that want to talk to the police. Hell no. They don't want to cooperate. Even if they know something crucial to the case, even if they know who did it, they spend the better part of every day trying to avoid police at all costs, that they're not going to voluntarily engage with them. Well, and if your life is so centered around one thing, and by helping helping out a case in a way that reveals you know that about yourself yeah that that you risk that being taken from you yeah and that has become your entire world right we Mm -hmm. just got through saying how many things that you care about and that you love can take a back seat to a substance to voluntarily give that up for and this is not to be insensitive but for people who have passed where it's not like you giving this information is going to bring back a life I can see why so many people would refuse and would not yeah, do that and I'm, at all. And I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm right. saying oh, that... Oh, absolutely not. But, like, understandable. But I can... I understand that you're not in your right frame frame of mind. That is what substance use disorder is, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, at the barest <laughs> bones of it all. And that's not a conversation that they're going to invite. And so they're not going to say anything. Right. And in this case, you know... Anyone who might have known more at the time didn't say anything. Okay. So lots of complexities here. So that makes the investigation more difficult because there likely are people that have information, but they're going to be difficult to find. They're going to avoid you. And if you do get them in a room, they're not going to want to talk to you. They also don't want to be labeled as a snitch because that comes with a whole other level of danger and and yeah, complications there. So I just wanted to shed a little bit of light on what could be going on behind the scenes there. 
Yeah. So it's at this time that Kenda actually recalls a case that had happened not even a week prior to this that he just oh. heard about. Okay. So it was a nearby county. I want to say it's like the next county over. Okay. Um, a woman was found shot dead, again, not far from Col- Colorado Springs where this case is taking place. Okay. So this victim was identified as 24-year-old Sherry Holmes. Oh, so all three are young women. Yes. Sherry was also known to use drugs. Okay. And she was found in Albert County. And this was by a, like, postal worker. Okay. That was driving and, like, came across her body. Now, she was shot six times. Holy hell. Now, I don't know if all six shots were to the head, but I believe most of them were. Okay. The majority of them were. She was also found covered in peanut butter. Now, that's not because they love peanut butter or it's a joke or anything like that. There's actually a practical reason for this. And a lot of gangs, I would say, will actually do this when they're dumping bodies because peanut butter will attract wildlife. Yeah. And wildlife will then eat eat the body. Yeah. Or at least drag it away to where they are. Mm -hmm. And it decreases the odds that the victim will be found the body will be found the remains will be or that maybe they'll just be unidentifiable if they are found because they've been literally eaten yeah so that's not for typically any reason other than the fact that it's to attract wildlife so luckily in this case wildlife had not found her yet she was found shortly thereafter yeah it seems like the same day if not the next day peanut butter still present but Right. She was found. So this happened on January 4th. Okay. The shootings we're talking about are January 8th. Okay. So, so yeah. there's four days apart. In neighboring counties. At least two of these victims are known drug users. Right. And young women in the same area. Something important to note here. Is this someone working through a list? Right. Is this, you know what's going on so kenda then goes back and asks gino if he knows sherry holmes okay this 24 year old from that other county and gino says he didn't know her but she and shirley were friends oh so you know his girlfriend knew her There's he a really yeah. didn't yeah um and that they had used drugs together and he also shares this and it's interesting to me because i don't know why he waited to share this information and he just says it now but maybe he's a little bit more comfortable or whatever right but he said that shirley had dated several you know drug dealers in the past okay uh one of them his name was james palachek okay and shirley had been using drugs with him he was selling drugs it seemed like she stole some from him and did not pay him back ah and owed him about $2500 okay that's a significant and to chunk. someone with very little money i mean that's a lot of money to people with money but i'm saying right. that's a lot of money to someone who has probably lost everything in their addiction that money's not falling from the sky hell no and so she was unable to pay that right and so gina gino said that when shirley's car was stolen it was pretty clear that it, was that it was likely James doing that, settling some of that debt. Okay. Didn't cover it. Apparently. But making a statement. Right. So I'm not sure if she reported that to the police. 
Okay. Couldn't tell you. But Gino shared that, that, hey, maybe James is worth looking into here. Right. So back to the lounge. Uh, the interviews are going on about who saw what and when. Okay. Right. They're trying to figure out, okay, where were they sitting? Did anybody talk to them? Was it just the two of them? Was there a group? What was right. going on? So the bartender said that Michelle and Shirley had been there a while. Um, but then they were approached by two men and Shirley began arguing with them. Okay. And she, they were arguing so much. They were having this very heated conversation and Shirley ends up crying. Oh, okay. And the bartender oh. said that these men are regulars. She knows who they are. Their names are Felipe Ortiz and Paul Palachek. Okay. Okay. So that should sound familiar, yeah, right? It sure does. So Paul and James are brothers. Okay. James is Shirley's ex-boyfriend. Paul's the guy in the lounge. Just so we are clear on that. Okay. So apparently, Paul and James owed money to Felipe, who's a drug dealer. Okay. So Paul and James both deal drugs. Felipe deals drugs. Felipe's the big guy. Yep. Paul and James work for him. Yeah. Or at least have owed him money. Right. Shirley stole from Paul. So Paul now has a debt to Felipe. Right. That he can't pay because Shirley didn't pay. Right. So now Felipe is also in hot water. And Paul are approaching her saying, where's the money? Where's the money? Because you didn't pay James and Paul. So I'm not getting paid. Right. Yeah. So she's like, I don't have the money. And they argued shortly after this argument, after Shirley comes down a bit, the two women leave. They head out the front door and they're gone for the night. Okay. So leave the front door. Now, the bartender says that Felipe goes out that same door a few minutes later. Okay. But she didn't really notice him leave like the front steps. So I guess the the windows you could really only see out the bottom half of them so she could only see like his legs or like his shoes or whatever and right. she didn't really notice that he was gone long or whatever knows he went out there then he comes back in that's what she's saying okay so then she also said that paul had gotten up and headed toward the bathroom and then in 10 or so minutes both men were back at the bar i don't know a few minutes after that they both leave they go out the front door. Okay. So they leave the lounge. Okay. Okay. So fight happens. Girls leave. Felipe steps outside to the front. Paul goes to the toward the bathroom. Okay. They regroup, come back, and then they leave too. Okay. And they leave the lounge. I know it sounds kind of confusing. No, I, I kind of get it. Right. The group disperses. One guy gets some air, one guy rocks a piss, and then Mm -hmm. they come back, and they're like, all right, we're done. Let's go. Okay. So, as this is happening, investigators find two more shell casings. Oh, So, now it's a total of four. Right. But these are a different caliber, which means two different guns. Right. Which means two different shooters. Okay. Definitely. So, now, investigators are like, okay, well, Felipe and Paul were the two guys there who had an issue. We've got two shooters. They were the only ones that had any kind of argument. Right. Seems pretty, you right. know, coincidental. Right. So they're wondering, okay, how did this happen? So they're in the lounge and they're kind of analyzing the setup of how this is all is, you know, where the bar is located, where the tables are. Right. Where each of them were sitting. Where's the bathroom? Where's the back door? Where's the front door? And they're kind of taking a look at that. 
And so next to the men's room, mm-hmm. right, is the back door. Oh. They're right next door to each other. Okay, cool. So someone heading toward the bathroom is also heading toward the, the back, back door. door, right? And that's a little odd because right. could it have looked like Paul was going to the bathroom and he went out the back door? Absolutely. Sure. Could Paul have actually gone to the bathroom? Sure. Absolutely. And now Felipe, sure, he was standing out in the front steps. The bartender says she didn't think she saw him leave there. But, but she's not working. Be a parent and you're at work. Yeah. Yeah. She's working. You're pouring drinks. You're talking to people. You're doing whatever. Yeah. Closing tabs. Are you, you have spying to do. on him? Yeah. No. You look over. You, t- you glance over. He's been there a couple minutes, whatever. All right. Then he comes back in. Sure. He didn't leave the front steps. He was there. Right. So. Then they look in the men's room. Okay, maybe there's something there. This is where they find bloodied paper towels. <laughs> okay. Okay. And they were stuffed to the bottom of the trash can like someone was trying to like hide, hide them. them or dispose of them. Yeah. Personally, I don't know why you didn't flush them. I'm just there's saying. There's that. Um, it also just seems like if you're going to be out back in a bar, how many bars just have like a dumpster in the fucking back? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Anyway. Right? Yeah. So, the only person that they know to have gone to the bathroom... Paul. There was Paul. And... Polly boy. That's just a little odd. Yeah. So, you know, they know their killer was in the bathroom at some point after the murders. Paul had plenty of time to come back in the back door from being outside and then just Wash duck up. into the bathroom. Yeah. And maybe someone saw him leaving the bathroom. Yeah. But that, that wouldn't be wrong. He was in the bathroom. Right. And, you know, was just in there cleaning himself up of blood, not necessarily taking a leak. So, investigators set out to find Paul. Paul is not in his home. Okay. He is not where he should be. Okay. And they actually put out an APB for his car. Okay. It's located at a motel, literally, like, not even 10 miles away. Okay. So, they know that he's going to be armed and dangerous. It's kind of his MO. Oh. Oh, cute. Um, and so they actually go to the motel and without incident arrest him. He's fine. He's actually, I think, sleeping naked in his, in the bed, like with a female, if you will. So it was completely caught off guard. This is like two in the morning. Okay. And he's arrested. Now for Felipe, they couldn't find him. He took off. And the belief is that he went back to Mexico because he knows that if he was found here, He'd be arrested. Okay. So he's nowhere to be found. Still nowhere to be found to this day. Oh, shit. So Paul Palachuk was found guilty of the murders of Michelle and Shirley. Oh, he was. He was. So they found him. It was clear. Yeah. It was exactly what happened. Felipe went out the front door. He went out the back. They shot them. They knew them. They rolled down the windows to talk to them. Right. They shot them. Paul comes in, cleans up may have been seen leaving the bathroom he did right they sit down at the bar for a few more minutes probably to make it look kosher and then leave hang out and go yeah but it was clear from everyone everyone's reports that yeah no they left shortly after then they both came back in and then they left yes and then they were gone for good and then felipe's literally not seen again holy hell so he's sentenced to life in prison okay and he was 41 years old at the time. So he's really young. Holy moly. Life in prison. So to my knowledge, he's still alive. He's just serving his time. Hanging out. But this doesn't explain the very eerie connection between 
these two murders and the murder of Sherry Holmes. Yeah. But Sherry's murder was solved. Okay. And we know who killed her. Okay. Do you have any guesses? Um, Felipe. No. Um, Paul's brother, whose name I'm forgetting. James. No. James. Um, shit. Uh... Dr. Pepper? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh no. Um it was Gino. Gino. Gino, Shirley's boyfriend, the rough big Why? dude. So the funny thing is, the irony here, right? He gets them started on the Palachek brothers. Yeah. Right? Which helps them connect the dots with okay these are the people in the bar. They know that that argument was likely about the money that she owed. Right. And that's, you know, her car being stolen. So he really helps law enforcement connect the dots here. Right. Right. As much as he didn't want to talk to them and whatever, actually proved to be very helpful. But it's likely that he was only doing that because off his yeah, he wants to look like a good guy because he lied about not knowing who Sherry was. In fact, he himself is also a drug dealer. So Felipe, Naturally. Paul, James, um. and Gino all sell drugs in the same area. They all kind of work together, know of each other. I don't know what the hierarchy Damn, was no there. No monopolies here, huh? Yeah, except that Felipe was like the, he- the head guy, at least over the, the two brothers. Right. Um, or at least they just owed him money. Right. Probably from several people, but surely included. Right. And... He was selling drugs to Sherry. Oh, my gosh. And Sherry, there was a rumor about her that she was working as an informant. Oh. And so he ordered a hit on her, basically, and had one of his guys take her out. Oh, my word. And he knew he did not know her. He probably introduced Sherry and Shirley or whatever, whatever it was. They were friends, but yeah. he completely neglected to say that he knew who she was, obviously. Well, I kind of assumed there was some level of distancing there, because if you're if you're dating somebody who's close friends with someone, you're going to end up knowing them. Mm-hmm. Your fiance knows me way too well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, th- just because we do this every week and uh-huh. we're together all the time. Yeah. So, like, and again, like I say boyfriend, like I know they said boyfriend in there. And when I did some digging, I mean, it like it. Could it have seemed, been new. It seemed like the the men that she was dating with were violent people. Right. She was addicted to drugs. They were selling them. It seemed more of like a very casual. Taking advantage uh, of the situation. They were, yeah, both being yeah. used or whatever. They so get I, a client. She gets a provider. I don't think that there was love there. Let me just say that. But I also don't think Gina was thrilled that Shirley was murdered and oh, no. gave information that did actually lead to the arrest of the people that did murder her. Right. What he didn't expect, though, was that he would actually be caught. Yeah. Because Not that, that anything he did connected him to it, but just the fact that he right. was caught and it just all sort of happened together. That's so were these so cases nuts. like connected in that, you know, they were all killed by the same person? No. But they are all intertwined. That's so Which is very interesting. And the very sad thing is, again, Sherry's only 24 years old when she's killed. Yeah. I don't know if she actually was an informant or if that was just either a rumor. a rumor that was just made up. Someone had something against her. Maybe there was truth to it. Maybe there wasn't. I don't know. But what I read was that she was told that she was going to be going to visit family. So oh. she got in the car willingly and was just going to visit family. 
and instead on the way they just pull over and shoot her six times cover her in peanut butter and leave her so horrible just discarded like trash horrible and so gino and then one of his men um and in some articles i found it looked like maybe two other men but okay i'm thinking it's one and they both get arrested and sentenced for sherry's murder good so what's especially sad and this came to light after all of this um and especially for shirley's family was that shirley had actually made arrangements to leave town to go to inpatient treatment she wanted to get her life together she was not happy with what her life had become i'm even wondering if michelle had helped her navigate that and set that up right just because of that like support it it wasn't mentioned anywhere but that's what i'm wondering yeah you see the role you know what i mean and so she was actually going to go to to rehab and and start working in a recovery her flight was booked to leave the next day are you kidding so she was murdered january 8th her (sighs) flight was leaving january 9th to go out of town yes now one last night in the town perhaps i mean she's at a bar you can't do that when you're in treatment your last hurrah before you go and but for all intents and purposes we know that that's where she was headed and it just makes you think how different it would have been what if her flight was for january 7th yeah what if she was out michelle michelle was just caught in the crossfire literally she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time she didn't use drugs she didn't owe money to anybody she didn't have any altercations with anybody but she happened to be the one that was driving shirley and she's the one that gets killed too horrible just horrible and so michelle's two young boys had to grow up without a mom Shirley never got the opportunity to reconnect with her daughters, who she had had a very strange relationship with, and they were so young anyway. Right. And her ex-husband, I mean, when they got married at first, she wasn't using drugs. Right. Ended up using drugs. I think that led to their divorce. And I believe he left with the kids, you know, and just like not having her around them. She shouldn't have been around them. This isn't stable. Yeah. And it was just terrible. And so she was so close to a chance at changing her life. Right. And that was taken from her. Michelle was just happenstance. She just happened to be there. And if she had said, no, I can't go to the lounge tonight or no, I whatever. got to get the kids ready. It's Sunday night. Yeah, I want to hang Sunday. in. Yeah. You know, if she weren't that, you know, being the kind of friend that she was described as she was. Right. She wouldn't be dead. So it's just it's awful. So that's how this ends the murders are solved i'm happy they're solved i'm happy it seems pretty cut and dry um damn that was that was a good one a bit of a ride like not a good one but no i know what you mean yeah but just interesting how they were interconnected but they weren't right you know and there was also this other part that i didn't want to include because i didn't think that it was really pertinent to the story but they also had reports by this guy, I think his name was Jason, said that, you know, these rival gangs mm-hmm. were basically, like, consolidating and, like, coming up with this list of all the people that owed them money. Basically just, like, killing anybody. Like if the you gangs had, are merging. We're going yes. through a merger We're right going through now. a merger. Um, this is a consolidation. <laughs> we're joining efforts. And we're all one big team. All right. We're um, one big pot and we're all just gonna dip into that yes and like help each other out of course 
Oh my gosh. And so, so, sweet. so he was saying that and he's saying that they're be- pretty much taking out anybody with the debt. Like they're, they're resettling the scores and they're making a statement that if you owe money, yeah. pay it or that you're next. We're in control here. Yeah. And so he actually sought out the police and was like, listen, like I fucking owe money. Please. And help. I'm, yeah, I'm scared. And when they sat with him, he was high as a kite on meth. Yeah. And I would love to do an episode on meth because especially there's there's an uptick with that that um, that we're seeing here in the U.S. But the extreme paranoia that comes with methamphetamine use oh, my word. is unimaginable. Mm. And with every use, you're just more and more paranoid. And so he had worked himself into this panic. Right. That there must have been a list and he said i saw the list it had like 30 names on it and it's like okay that doesn't add up yeah no one sits and writes out a list no gang is like in a group text like writing out this list or like do not trust fugly slut yeah like jotting this down you know what i'm saying like i know it's the 90s but like no one's paging this list you know what i'm saying like it does there was no list right but it It was leading investigators down this other rabbit hole very briefly trying to figure out, okay, is there credit to this? Where did this whatever? But he was so obviously under the influence and experiencing extreme paranoia. And there was no evidence to suggest that what he said was true and that it's not characteristic at all of any gangs to like write down a list. And of course, it's not going to be 30 plus people fucking long. It might be five not it's not going to be 30 long where you're just going to take one out after another that i mean i don't know they're smarter than that like they're not going to write it down no. they're not writing that down and they're not telling a shit ton of people they're not gonna like mark the little eyes with hearts and like x's and o's and there's none of that no so i left that out i mean it is it part of the story yes but i don't think it's part into the story but i think and i think there was a lot of other things like that going on too there were a lot of other reports a lot of other things that people were saying but really the most helpful person was gino and michelle's husband ernie yeah just talking about what shirley was was going through and how that ultimately shout out to you know ernie to have to learn of your wife's murder with your two children home Mm -hmm. have to keep that composure and still answer these questions and mind you did a fucking fabulous job Mm -hmm. like he did the damn thing he was probably like jesus it's like 10 o'clock where is she yeah like doesn't what's her like that's late yeah isn't there a flight that we gotta get to tomorrow Mm -hmm. like we got kids i want to go to bed like yeah yeah you know and and then for that to be the news that you receive and it's literally just she happened to be there mm-hmm. that was it that was and those are the ones like and i know i need to pick like a well i don't need to i want to because mm-hmm. i am also fascinated by those like a serial offender i like getting into that but these one-off ones have just been like grabbing me because I am a very practical person. I need to try to make sense of things. These are things I can't make sense of. And they're interesting to me, but they're difficult to talk about. And it's very odd. It's like very odd, sort of like whirlwind in my mind, because there's no reason that needed to happen. I mean, and certainly not that way. No, but if I look at like just Michelle, and I'm not saying like Shirley or Sherry deserved that either, but I'm saying I can see how when substances are involved and there's dangerous people, people will get killed over $20. 
Absolutely. So if they think that you're snitching or they or you owe thousands. Right. With, you know, you're not going to pay, but you're at the bar. You know what I mean? Like, OK, yeah. you, you got money to pay the tax. You know what I mean? I can I can imagine I can hear how that conversation. Oh, went. absolutely. People get killed over tw- over less than that. Yeah. In that world. And it's not right. But we know that that happens. And it's easier to make sense of, at least for us, knowing that brain chemistry, knowing how all of that works. But like, no, I, I get it. And with but Michelle Nikki is being there, just she is just accidentally there. She's just yeah. a friend supporting a friend. Maybe doesn't know the whole story of what's going on, but. I am under the impression that she was helping her get into treatment. Just It just right. seems like that was who she was leaning on for support. And Mickey or Michelle, like, obviously she seemed stable. She seemed to be accountable. She seemed to have all of those traits that you would look for in someone to mm-hmm. help with that. Yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't struggling with her own addiction. She was fully present yeah. to help Shirley. Wow. And that's those are the things that always get me where it's just those one-offs it's just it's random you can't make sense of that I will drive myself crazy thinking about those things that you know that that car accident that that random shooting that random right whatever that health thing that came out of nowhere those things that don't make sense that just happen yeah you need the why I I need and I need to find it if I don't have it and so in this case those are the ones that I'm I'm tend to be drawn to and frustrated by at the same time because I can't connect those dots I feel like I get so fascinated with the the uh, relationships that I would never assume would be the ones Mm -hmm. you know like people who are in long-term relationships that end up snapping at each other all of that Mm -hmm. like it's very very interesting to me and it all I mean everything true crime to me just is but i'm i'm a normal wicked dork i know you are too and that's mm. why we sit here every week and i we and know this you for are hours too, so and hey yeah we caught you guys y- um, you clicked on it so, so that's on you <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah i just thought this one like stuck out to me and then i went and looked for like a show like some kind of documentary on it and then i found the homicide i was like well you know i love him yeah um but yeah, Colorado Springs. I do not know what is in the water there because I know this is the second one yeah. of that like TV show I've covered. So obviously it's going to be in that area. But I feel like I've done like three other cases no, you besides have. these that all ha- like what is going on there? Colorado, check your water. But I looked like their crime rates are pretty steep. I oh, mean, I'm sure. It is. Li- well, it, it said it was literally like of all U.S. cities, it is. Um, it's safer than seven percent which is basically let's call that zero like yeah. it's basically saying like it is one of the most dangerous cities like, to live in hey, you know chicago and compton and new york city yeah those are the three that fall below colorado springs you know Shit. and it's just i don't know i don't think colorado and think like crime danger i think like mountains and agriculture that's it i think uh stoners and, and hikers yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and I guess, you know, where there's an hiking, avalanche, there's maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Colorado, dude. What? What? Mm-hmm. Uh, love y'all so much. Um, stay safe out there. Yeah. So that was nutty. So I want to end this with some resources Hooray! because I'm never going to not do that. So 
we talked a lot about substance use disorder in this episode. This is just, unfortunately, a very, very, very minor drop in the ocean Mm -hmm. of the things that can and do happen every day related to substances. So I'm just going to give the national resource information that I think is the best place to start. I'm always going to encourage you to look into your own local ones, but we'll start with SAMHSA. Hell yeah. And SAMHSA is, again, when I say national, I mean for the United States. It's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. We've talked about it before. I believe it's already linked in our resources um, tab in our highlights on our Instagram page, but I'm going to actually include two links here so one is just the like national helpline page yeah um and so that it's a 24 7 helpline and that my voice is getting so much worse i feel like i started a lot better than this i think so too we're hanging in here taking a sip of water in a while i know that's true i really have to pee so i'm gonna have to do that anyway (laughs) um you guys didn't need to know that so this stop distracting me go um the helpline is 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. You can also, which I think is really cool, you can text your zip code to help for you, which is 435748. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So it can probably get you some more, I don't know, resources based on where you're living. Right. Which I think is important. Um, and then I'm also going to link their treatment page. This just has a lot of information. It's got information on medication-assisted treatment, also called MAT. It's also got information to look for substance use and mental health treatment providers and treatment centers and what to look for and what those different ones mean. So um, that's just SAMHSA.gov slash find treatment. And again, SAMHSA is spelled S-A-M-H-S-A if you're looking for it. Yeah. But again, they've got tons of information for a variety of, you know, different resources. I encourage you to start local. Always, like, you can check that, of course. But look local, look at your own state, your own community's resources. A simple Google search can get you started. But you can also give a call to like your primary care, a local primary care, an urgent yes. care, a hospital, community action program, anything like that should be able to get you started with resources that are available near you. And just for the sake and like of my little peer support soul, um, you guys... Please, please, please. Again, 988, great for mental health crises. Even if it is due to your substance use and it is only due to that, please call them. You never know what they're going to be able to offer. But also, AA and NA, NA stands for Narcotics Anonymous. There are so many anonymous support groups that you can go to that will help get you started. And if you're not into a faith-based or spiritual-based 12-step program, that is totally fine. There are plenty of those is like around as well but if you are struggling and you aren't sure if you're ready to take the first formal step that can be a really great place to start and just meet people in the recovery community if you're sober curious and lastly 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 take care of yourselves love yourselves if you're not specifically the one struggling with substance uses I know AA has something called Al-Anon, which Mm -hmm. helps the family members and friends of people who are going through this. So there are plenty of supports, even if you are touched by this in a way that is not firsthand. Mm -hmm. You got this. You can do it. And SAMHSA also has information for families and things like that, too, that you can look into. SAMHSA is great. We'll always encourage you to look into. And again, local is better. It's It's just 
typically better equipped to meet the needs of your community, which is probably what you need. But use both. They're there for you. Yeah. And, you know, if you can get big help and local help, then you have people that you see on the daily or the weekly or whatever. And you've got double the help. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? We love help. We love that. Duh. Yeah. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And I'm going to stop talking before my voice goes, but we would love to see you over on our Instagram page. We've got lots of really good information and fun stuff in there. We love to interact with you guys. We also love for you guys to email us. So you guys could find us on Instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. That's A-B-O-U-T period, T-I-M-E period, F-O-R period, T-R-U-E period, C-R-I-M-E period, P-O-D, because podcast was too long. But if you wanted to email us, I'm saying both of them this week so that Allie can save that little voice. Thank you. <laughs> I think the toad's coming up. <coughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Sicky. I'm sorry. Um, if you wanted to email us, you could do that at about time, numeric4tc at gmail.com. So that would be A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric4tc, like true crime, at gmail.com. So once again, just a big old congratulations to our winners. Hi again, and much love to live in Stacy. We are so glad to get to send out those t-shirts to you guys today. Um, I don't know. Happy holidays. Merry season. Happy crisis. Merry all of Chrysler. the things. We love you guys so much. We will see you on Thursday and a special thanks to Allie for covering my butt this week. We love you guys so much. Don't forget to send your pod pets. We're pooping all your noses and pinching all your cheeks. Okay, you guys. If I look at my watch, that was about time for true crime. Bye.